Daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. And joining me today, once again, it is Max Raymond. Max, happy offseason. Happy offseason, man. Thanks for having me back on. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little while. And we've got a whole lot to talk about today. We're going to touch on the World Series. We're going to talk about um, the Nationals have a big hole to fill. And it is not involving somebody on the field. It is involving a broadcaster as well. And then we'll also kind of look ahead to this offseason, what could be a slow offseason, because there are a lot of questions to answer, not just for the Nationals, but for the players, the Players Association as a whole, and also MLB team owners, as we are heading towards a new collective bargaining agreement. So we'll touch on all that stuff today. But first, Max, I wanted to get your thoughts. You and I were talking about this before. Um, I was I was pleased with the World Series result. I'm A couple reasons. Number one, I picked the Braves in six games over the Yankees to start off the year. That was my prediction. Now, obviously, no Yankees, but the Braves did win in six games. That was kind of my pick the entire way through the playoffs. And I wasn't just stay, saying it to stay true. I actually felt like this Braves team had a lot of good chemistry. Um, and they had, to me, the key for them, that killer trade deadline they had absolutely propelled them to the World Series. So your thoughts on the World Series, and then also as a Nats fan, where you came down on it, as somebody you know who's kind of the same universe as you, I was fine with it. I actually didn't mind the Braves winning because I just have a, a disposition towards the Astros. But kind of give me your thoughts on the World Series and then also where you came at it uh, as a Nats fan. All right, so this might be controversial, but overall I thought this year's um, playoffs were kind of boring. Like I watched most of them, right? Almost every single game, at least a few hour innings in each game. And there's only a few games that like actually stood out. A bunch of them were just – and this was part of the problem. Games taking four to five hours, mm-hmm. be it pitching changes, injuries, the innings going 30, 40 minutes, and that's something they got to change. And usually that hasn't bothered me. But this time around, it was just like – it felt like it was dragging. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I was um, – not pulling for the Braves whatsoever. I was rooting for the Astros. I won't root for a division rival except for the Marlins because I became a Nats fan in 05 when they moved to D.C. They're the only team that I haven't seen do anything. Like, yeah, they beat the Cubs last year in the shortened season. But of the, what, almost 20 years I've been watching baseball, they've just been the laughing stock of the division. So, yeah, I have a soft side for them. Besides that, no, I won't root for a division rival. Atlanta made the playoffs. And I didn't think they were going to go far without Acuna, without Mike Soroka. Um, I'm not the biggest guy on Jock Peterson. There's a reason the Dodgers didn't retain him. There's a reason that he hasn't always been able to hold on to a uh, roster spot. Not roster spot, a starting spot all year. But God, did he get hot in the playoffs. And Mm. so did Soler and Rosario. But there's a reason those two got traded for Pablo Sandoval and the other prospect. And it's hard to predict when someone's going to get hot. No one thought how he's going to go on the run he did. These two went on insane runs that you can't take away from them. Because that ball Jorge Soler hit in game six, I still don't think landed. Because holy cow, man, that thing was crushed. Um, 
And a lot of people are like, why did you root for the Astros? They cheated. And I know this is going to sound bad. Because the Nats beat them in 2019, I wasn't as upset because right. they beat them when they were cheating. Like, I know it's easy to say, just beat them. And they did it. And, yeah, they cheated, and it's so upsetting the way – I'm more mad at Manfred than I am at them. Right, right. Because Manfred knew about it. He lied about it. Did everything in his power to not let this come to light. And he did a half-assed punishment because of it. So It sounds like you're kind of over it, right? You know, you're just kind of over the – you know. It's gone. It's over. And yeah. the Nats beat them when they cheated. And, and kind of that's how you feel. I mean, I'm not fully over it. I still right. acknowledge that they cheated. And at first I was mad at the Astros because they were acting like victims. But they're no longer acting like victims. They finally owned up to it. So at that point, I'm like, all right, it's time to move on. And I wanted to see my boy Dusty get a ring. Right. That's the one real redeeming quality of the Astros. Like, And I think that's the one thing Nats fans I, – I bet there's a lot of Nats fans who are out there like you who are just like, yeah – I like Dusty. I think this is not to rub it in Dave Martinez's face at all. I think they had a real chance to win with Dusty still as the manager. I think we're just seeing it now. Guy's a damn good manager. Guy, mm-hmm. guy just really knows how to pull the strings a lot of the time. And I, you know, I, I think a lot of this was like player performance. Like I, I don't, I don't know if Dusty's in the hook for this. Like that, you know, they really didn't have a whole lot in the starting pitching department, the Astros and. I thought they did a great job making do with what they had. Um, yeah, and I just think, like, I think he's a really darn good manager. And so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think a lot of Nats fans are probably in that department as well, right? The pro-Dusty department. We want to see him get a ring. Um, but to your point about the Braves, like, Alex Anthopoulos making the moves for Soler had his moments. Peterson had his moments. Rosario had his oh, moments. Yeah. Duvall had his moments. Oh, my God. Alan All Duvall crushing. four. All four of those guys I know. are acquisitions that all had an impact. I mean, that, that is, you know, look, I think he would have been, he would have been really happy if they really hit well on two of those guys. Mm-hmm. All four of them hit in certain, I mean, Eddie Rosario was, was smoking. He got traded for, point. he got traded for um, my boy Panda, who the Indians cut the second he arrived Right. Uh, not the Indians, my bad. The Guardians cut the second that he arrived in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that made me the most mad about this Braves run is, as an NLEs fan, you probably say the same thing. We've watched this bullpen the last few years, right? AJ Minter, Lee yeah. Jackson, <laughs> guys that we've watched get oh, crushed boy. by the Nationals over the years, all of a sudden turn into Mariano Rivera. Like, what? Those guys but, went from. But Max, this is what we say. It's a year to year thing, right? It's a year to year thing. I know it's a year to year thing, but even this year in the regular season, I was watching the Nats. A few of the a few of um the closers blown saves came against the Nets. A few Minter's worst performance came against the Nets, but no one else could touch him. I mean, but how a team good that, was Will Smith? And that yeah. thing is, you know, I'm not sure about you, but watching the games, were you ever afraid of Will Smith? No, I wasn't. But no, he was not every, he was damn near perfect. He was awesome the entire way. Every single time he entered the game, I was like, all right, you just have to work his pitch count. You can get to him, and yeah. it was like. One, two, three. One, two, three. I'm like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> AJ Minter, though, was – was it Minter, the one that had that, like, streak of just, like, strike at, striking out guys and consecutive – I think Tyler Matzik did. Matzik, there we go. Because yeah, Matzik is filthy. Yeah, him and Minter were just putting the, that bullpen on their back. Um, and they picked up the slack for Luke Jackson because he was – of the four, he struggled the most. Um, but, no, I mean, it kind of reminded me of the Nats 2019 run. And I hate to say it, but they had the pieces, they had the bats. Instead of the 
they didn't have like as many of the arms carrying him, like because Charlie Morton went down, Max Freed was tipping his pitches, but he showed up when it mattered. Mm-hmm. And it was more of the bullpen carrying him than the rotation, which was switched for us. But other than that, they had they had the bats coming up when needed. Freddie Freeman. That was the one thing I was happy about for the Braves that he got his ring yeah. because I don't know a single baseball fan that doesn't like that guy. That dude's awesome. <laughs> that dude's just such a likable guy. Like even when the Nats had that scuffle with the Braves early in the season and they hit Freddie, like which upset a bunch of people. Freddie went up to the Nats, dug out immediately, just said there's no hard feelings. Like, how could you hate that guy? Yeah, he's awesome. He really, he really is awesome. It was good to see him. And and look, his future is in doubt. Now, I did see, I'm not sure you saw this, how much money, you know, say what you want about Liberty Media. They've done a really good job. They have the Formula One rights and some, and they've got uh, obviously the Braves too. I think they're the ownership, kind of the main ownership company of the Braves. They've made a lot of money. And so there are a lot of Braves fans out there who are saying there is no excuse not to re-sign Freddie. Um, I think, you know, I think for Nats fans, they they prefer, hey, I'd love to see Freddie Freeman not in National League East anymore. I think you know, all NL East fans can say that. Yeah. We, we prefer to see him not in Los Angeles anymore. Or, you know, not, not here. Yeah. Maybe, I don't you know, want to see him. In, I don't want to see him. How about you just play for the Angels, right? How about you play? Yeah, we, you know, we, we won't see him. We won't see him do that. Go play for the, the Guardians. Go play for the Red Sox. You know, yeah. Uh, Mike Trout doesn't need pitching. Let's just get another bat. Right. Exactly. 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 But no, you're, you're spot on. I mean, it, you know, I'm not a huge Brian Snicker guy either. Um, some comments made early in the season just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't really see eye to eye with them. But um you know, you can't argue with the results. And it was, and look, National East teams winning World Series and the Houston Astros um, in their in their It's a little bit of a it's little just bit something of a trend about now. it, right? A little bit of a trend, right? And that and here's here's the thing too. You know, I'm not going to knock the Dodgers. You can say you know, Mickey Mouse, whatever you want to say. Look, <laughs> everybody played. I don't believe in that. I believe everybody showed up last year and played, and, and they're the World Champions last year. But the last two full seasons, two National East teams, and so you know, man, hey, look. Can we say that the National League East was a little bit better than we actually thought this year? I don't. I don't think so. But the Braves are a great example. They won what eighty-eight games. A great example of hey, if you make it to the dance, mm-hmm. anybody can win it. Anybody um, can win. Yesterday, Dansby Swanson went on the Pat McAfee show. Did you listen to his interview? Mm-hmm. He had a really great conversation. Uh, he talked about how he said in the NL East has the best pitching out of any division in baseball, and he said because of that it makes it really hard for any team to go on a winning streak because you have to beat these guys so many days in a row. Yeah. And he said, yeah, even though the Braves had 88 wins, it is because they're facing those guys on a nightly basis. You get DeGrom, the next day you're traveling to face Wheeler and you're traveling to face Scherzer. And then he said something that caught my eye, that the Marlins have the best rotation in the NL East. And we were saying this before the season, mm-hmm. right? This was a conversation we had. It was like, is there – is there a possibility the Marlins have the best rotation in, in the division? And and that's the hard part about this is like, you know, that's what made this division really hard is that, okay, you want to go on the winning streak, but guess what? You get to go see Rodgers and Alcantara and Lopez three straight days. And then they pulled up Cabrera and they still got, and they got all, and then they traded for Lizardo and mm-hmm. then they got a few more guys in the minors and six of them even play this year. Yeah, there was no six of Sanchez. Didn't, didn't pitch at all. And then, you know, you, you go face the Phillies who cha- turned, mm-hmm. you know, I know their pitching's not great, but they turned Ranger Suarez into this, into this awesome pitcher. They Zach turned Wheeler. Zach Wheeler it, into it. The, the, the sad thing is Zach Wheeler didn't even leave the division, right? He left the Mets and went on mm-hmm. and, and pitched really well there. Obviously, even without – you saw Jacob DeGrom some, but how yeah. good was Marcus Stroman this year? How good was Taiwan Walker Taiwan Walker. 
uh, what's the kid they called up who was really good for a period? I'm forgetting the kid's name. Uh, who was really good for for a period of time. Um, you know, Scherzer was still there, and and Joe Ross pitched well this year. Like the Nats were the worst part of it, but still, like even we got we got a couple really good Palo Espino and then we starts. Had, and then we had our own Rogers that looked good. Josh Rogers, I think, had Josh one Rogers bad start in his like seven or eight. He's spot on. I think I think mm-hmm. he's spot on. They're, they're really and especially now the Dodgers are a whole different. The Dodgers are such a different animal, right? With that rotation, yeah. but the Braves, you know, like they. They weathered it, and uh, you know they they yeah they they weathered that, and and um, I mean, God, that, that series feels like it was a long time ago, right? Dodgers play the Braves, yeah. Am I yeah. am I losing my mind? Here? Six games, six games. That was do you. I mean, do you remember that? It felt like it was a it was an eternity ago. I remember it because Dodgers fans complained that they lost because of injuries, and everyone was like, "Shut up! You lost six shut, people and still have the up. best roster in baseball." Shut like. up! Exactly. Congrats on building death, but do not complain about yeah, it. No. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick. Let's hear a quick word here from our sponsors, and we'll talk about some national stuff. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Go to built.com today. That's built.com. Check out their lineup of bars right now. They've got really treats for everybody, but they're uh, good and good for you. One slice of pie has 300 calories. A Built Bar only has 130 to 180. Four grams of sugar with plenty of protein, four grams of net carbs, low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for you when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Go to Built.com today. It's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at Built.com today. All right, Max, so you wrote a piece over at District on Deck about who the Nationals could have to come in for FP Santangelo. FP Santangelo, obviously the booth for what, 10 years with Washington Nationals? He joined in 11. 2011 was his first season. So 10 years with the Nats as the color commentator. Obviously, there was the issue this year with some, you know, there was some reports about... um, Mm -hmm. Allegations. Yeah, yeah, uh, some some off-field issues that he was having. He was out of the booth for a while, and in his stead, we saw Justin Maxwell. We saw Grant Paulson. We saw uh, Dan Colco was in there as well. So a rotation of guys that stepped into the booth to help out and uh, when, when FP was gone, ultimately comes back, finishes out the season, but um, I believe his contract was up, and they chose not to renew it. Now, one part of this is, Bob Carpenter is going to remain in the booth for at least the next two seasons. Two no surprises. No surprises there. But but there is the there is the um the gap to fill. So mm-hmm. first question to you is, you know, do you want a player? Do you want a player type guy to fill that role? I feel like Colco did a good job. I felt like uh, Grant Paulson didn't really hear enough of him to, to give a, any judgment on him, kind of. Um Justin Maxwell, I didn't love him. Thought he got a lot better as the year went along. Agreed. So, what kind of guy are you looking for in that spot? So when I all right, so first off, when I wrote this article, I have no sources to say this. Is none of these guys are being into it? I have no idea. This is just who I thought would be a good fit or who the fan base might enjoy. I wrote this article based off of what these guys meant to the franchise. That mm-hmm. they left a lasting impression. I could have gone – I was tempted to write some other people, but they were only there for like a year or half a season. 
So I wanted to make sure there was guys that stood out, meant something to the fan base. The fan base would turn in, tune into to listen, right? Like I know the Nats over the years, their TV broadcasts have been rated some of the lowest. And if you bring in guys that are popular, they can raise the rate, the ratings, right? They might make it more fun for guys to watch baseball. Um, so based off of that, I was looking for guys that had significant ties to the organization. And some of the names you came up with here, you know, I'll go through some of them. Uh, you got Chad Cordero, and, and I think Chad's a pretty popular guy mm-hmm. um, in that land. Gio, who we saw stop by the and – and is this why you said it? You did it because we saw Gio stop by the booth this year, if you recall. I forget what game it was. But Gio stopped by for a little bit. Um, if you I actually – Cole Beers I, in him too. Yeah. I actually did it because when I was writing this article and I was trying to think of guys that had ties to the stadium – I remembered – I randomly remembered Gio walking across the, the stadium when he got traded to the Brewers and try, tri, crying in his press conference about what it meant to Nat, to D.C., how he grew up there, his kids grew up there. And I was like, yeah, that's perfect. It's a guy, the guy that, like, the city brought in and the city embraced. And he would be perfect because the city would re-embrace him again if he took the role. Yeah, and he was a, he's always a smart guy. I mean, that was that – was, mm-hmm. Gio was a smart pitcher. That's how really when I thought he was having success, um, it was kind of using that intelligence, using those smarts to really get himself in games, through games, and whatnot. Go ahead, yeah. Um, and also, I when I looked at my list, I realized that like of the eight, only I had only had one pitcher at the time, Chad. So I tried to throw another pitcher out there because some of these people, the fans, they like to listen for the insight the players have, right? And yeah, you can only learn so much about hitting, but what if you want to learn about pitching? Especially with the Nats focusing on pitching over the years, when you want to learn about what goes on the mind, especially a guy that played with Scherzer and Strasburg and the best mm-hmm. of the best in DC. That was another thing that like went into my choice. And let's let's go to some of the heavy hitters you got here. Okay. So number one, Ryan Zerman to me is really interesting. Because I said this the other day, I was kind of giving some thoughts about Zim. His fourth child's on the way, so congrats yep, to you and Heather. Congrats. Um, so congrats on that. Also, the you know this it, you and I had talked about it before too. It felt like this was goodbye this year, right? Yep. Now he played well enough to earn that role back of the team as the utility guy. Mm-hmm. Just a matter of whether he wants to do it or not. Fourth child away, whatever. I had said earlier this week, I really don't see Zim being away from the team, being away from baseball and the organization for a really long time. And so I was thinking, what kind of role would be good for him? This would be perfect. It'd be perfect. I think you might have to wait a year or two. I do too because of the kid on the way. A kid on the way. And also, like, would he sit in the booth and be like, man, I want to be out there right now. Could he handle that? I also think just if he does retire, he should spend at least one year with his family before going back to it. So I think the time's a little off, but I agree with you. He, uh, the fan base would go ecstatic if he was one to take this role. Yeah, and, and look, I don't know how you feel, Max. I think that he, I, I don't think he's going to be away from the Nats organization forever. Like, if he, if Ryan Zimmerman um, retires, I, like, like you said, maybe you're away from his family, but like, it's not a guy that we're going to see disappear and not be a part of the Nats fan base or the Nats, Nats culture, right? I think it's a pretty it's a pretty good guess to say he's gonna be around the team mm-hmm. and whatnot moving forward. I assumed that until this opening, I assumed he was just gonna take over as a coach. Like 
assistant hitting coach, <laughs> instructor coach, you know, something like that. Right. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So another guy you've got on this list, Jason Worth. So <laughs> everybody likes this idea. Everybody really seems to be. This is the one idea. And I'm looking at your comment section, looking at yeah. what people are saying elsewhere. This is the idea people really seem behind. Now, here's my question. He didn't always seem like the most social individual. No, but at times he was. And I put him on because you need a wild card, and that's Jason Werf. Because I was you would listen to his post-game interviews, especially when he was the one that had the game-winning moment. You never knew what was coming out of that man's mouth. Yeah. That is true. He had the he had the real wild card, real, real wild card potential. Obviously, it was such a huge signing for the Nationals when he signed that big contract. And, and uh, he, he has the perspective of he won a World Series with a different team before playing the majority of his career in Washington. He has perspective of what it was like because he started with Toronto, I want to say. It was either Dodgers or Toronto. Then he ended up in Philly. And he had this perspective of going the back-to-back World Series and then being offered this massive contract to help a team that was terrible and then seeing them throughout the years get better and then he was the mentor for Bryce Harper so he has this perspective of mentoring one of the game's up-and-coming superstar the he won a ring younger than most people do and then the perspective of what it is to be offered a mega contract to try and help a bad team for so long get over the hump so it's just that type of insight would be really interesting to learn about all right, and then the last person I want to mention, and I think I think this guy is probably the favorite right now, is Justin Maxwell. I do too. I, I think Coco and Maxwell are the two guys that I would say. Now, here's a look. I don't think it has to be a former player. I I think I think that, and I'm somebody who's big into broadcasting, called a lot of games. I call baseball yeah. so actively for Marymount University um, there in Arlington. I don't necessarily think a color analyst has to be a baseball guy. I don't. I also think Dan might be the next natural fit to take over for Bob once Bob is done. I think it's better to do the play-by-play. And so I, I don't know, maybe, maybe you sit with that for two years, those two guys in the booth. Maybe Bob, I'm not sure Bob would love that because that's Bob's replacement. But Bob's, yeah. what, in his 60s, early 60s? I think he's getting up I there. I so. Up there um, in age. I, I like Dan. I think Dan's really good. I think Dan and Justin are two guys I would actually like to see maybe split time even. And the one thing, I don't know where Justin is. In his the one this is the one odd part about this, Justin Maxwell was in dental school, and so if you notice this year during day games he was not able a lot of the time to do the broadcast because he's in dental school, which is unbelievable. Which I mean, hell yeah, brother! Like good. Yeah, no, good luck. Clap it up for Justin Maxwell. Guys, call um, baseball games at night. He's doing the dental school during the day. He's got a tea. family. Good for him, man. So I actually have two more suggestions that I didn't write down. One of them, so one of them, I was hesitant to write this down because I don't know if I want to see it or not. And it's take the radio booth because I, they're amazing, and put them in the TV booth. This only works mm. once Bob's contract ends, and everyone raves about how good the radio guys are, right? But then they're if awesome. you do that, then you're gonna lose your radio guys because I kind of like listening to Nats on the radio when I'm driving home from work or driving somewhere in like a day, right? 
and then you have to find the radio replacements and it's all over again. But I mean, that might be easier to replace than the TV guys. But I, they're I think so they, good. I think Charlie Stone's and Jaguar are awesome. I think they're, they're really good. And they have the chemistry. They've been doing it for so long. So they would yeah. slide in instantly and people would be excited. And my other one was, I was reading my comments and I was reading the comments under the Barry Sarula article because he wrote a similar topic the day after me. And people kept mentioning Mark DeRosa from MLB Network. He spent yeah. the last year of his career with the Nats. Um, granted, he doesn't have the ties that the other guys do, but being on MLB Network for so long, he is a big name in the baseball media world, but he would take a hefty payday to leave his cushy job to come do the booth yeah. and Nats. Would you be interested in DeRosa? I would be. The problem is you mentioned the payday it would take him to mm-hmm. take him. Like, so the MLB Network job pays a lot, and also we know the Nats. Yeah, they, they don't like to spend money. Nats are for cash yeah. right now, aren't uh, they? Masson's a little strapped for apparently that Masson's strapped for cash, so we'll see. Let's get to this list from the Washington Post because a couple of interesting names on there. First, one more word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the best place to get in on all of your favorite sports action. Big weekend this weekend, Max. We've got Formula One in Mexico City. We've got the UFC in New York City. We've got boxing, Canelo versus Plant in Las Vegas. We've got a weekend full of college football. We've got a weekend full of pro football that kicked off last night. We've got hockey and the NBA. I mean, is there a better time to be a sports gambler? The answer is no. The answer is 110% no. So go to betonline.ag today. Go check it out at BetOnline. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. When you sign up, that's LOCKEDON. You'll receive a 50% deposit bonus today. BetOnline. They are your online sportsbook experts. All right, all right, all right. So we've got some more names from this list here at the Washington Post, and I'll try to make sure I get this name right. Uh, Barry Servolga, I believe that's how you pronounce it, wrote an article about uh, 10 potential names. And so let's go Let's go three at a time here. There's Jerry Blevins, Ian Desmond, and Sean Doolittle. I'm going to cross Do and Desmond off the list here. For me personally, I think those guys are still trying to involve trying to play baseball. So until we know there's a clean break for those guys, I'm off it. Jerry Blevins seems to be out. He seems to be out, out of baseball. And also, he's got a pretty decent following as well. Now, he seems more attached to the Mets than he does the Nats. He kind of, It feels like it's more of a connection for him. So Blevins would be my top guy out of those three, um, but does seem to have more of a connection to the Mets. Yeah, I, when I saw Blevins on his list, I, I was surprised because I was like, I mean, if you want him for his insight, yeah, he'd be good at it, but – his ties are very Mets heavy. Um, of the three, I was actually the opposite. I would have Doolittle at the top of the list only if he does retire, because the way he also puts a lot of analysis on his Twitter account, yeah. right? And I mean, he was a fan favorite, and he's a quirky dude. Um, thoughtful and, guy, though. He's thoughtful. Yeah, very thoughtful. And plus, as a Star Wars fan myself, I kind of love to see the type of Star Wars puns he implements into his broadcast because <laughs> you know it will come, and that sh- that would be entertaining. I'm with you on that one. Um, all right, the next three. Brian Dozier, Justin Maxwell, and then Jessica Mendoza. So let's go Jessica Mendoza first here. I I think, number one, she took a big hit, in my opinion, because she was tied to the god-awful A-Rod, Matt Vasquez, mm-hmm. and crew. They sucked. They were bad. 
And I think maybe by by association, I kind of lump Jessica in with them, and I maybe shouldn't. I will say this: I I find some of her analysis sometimes to be um, off the mark. I don't think she's always kind of on the right track with a lot of what she says sometimes. And this is not me. This is nothing to do with the fact she's a woman. This is nothing to do with that. I will say this. I was driving, listening to the World Series game, whatever game Ian Anderson was pitching really well in, game one or two. Was it one? I don't know. I forget which game it was. Charlie Morton was game one because he broke his ankle. Yeah. This this was game three. Excuse me, game three. It was the first game back in Atlanta. And she was like, do you keep Ian Anderson in? No. No. He'd walked three people, and it was the third time in the line. Like, she, He's got no hitter going. Who cares? It's the World Series. I don't care about, I care about a no-hitter. I talked about this earlier, but like, what, what the hell is that? And then I was driving a couple years ago and heard a, we had a playoff game too, and she was making some 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 off-the-mark points about some of the approaches guys should be taking in certain situations. I didn't agree with them either. Uh, this, that was a while ago. It was probably four or five years ago. Uh, when I was listening to that one. I think it was the Cubs that they are playing. Um, so I'm not a huge Jessica Mendoza guy. I respect her. I actually think she's really good in kind of an in-studio role. I think they bring her in for like Sunday Night Baseball like, like a, or you know whatever they call the – uh, baseball tonight. I think she's really good with that stuff. Not a huge fan of her as a color commentator. She's been growing on me, but I think she's very strong when she goes on the different ESPN shows. Like when she's a guest on mm, uh, yes. Stephen A. Smith, like there's other shows that don't focus on baseball and she comes in. She does an excellent job of breaking down and explaining what it needs to do. Also, similar to the Rosa, I think it's going to be a very hefty payday. So I think that's yeah, why they I, won't that was do the next it. part of this. Yes. I, you uh, spot on with that, right? Because she, yeah, she's at ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who else here. Well, who other two you said? Um, uh, Brian Dozier and Justin Maxwell. Yeah, Brian Dozier is Jason Worth 2.0. He's just not as <laughs> loud mouth as Worth, and that would be so funny to watch. But like, I I don't know, man. Like, I'm torn see, on Dozier. It's like a fifty fifty coin. Different, have different feelings. It's, Jason Worth was loud mouth to me, but it was not like this. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, do you think he was a like, consistent loudmouth? Because to me, it was like quiet mountain man part of the time. I think it, it started the last few years of his career, right? I just remember in one interview in particular, he hits like a homer, like a walk-off homer, walk-off double something. Coco's interviewing him, and he's just like, let's go, man. He's like, starts saying like ass and stuff yeah, like this. I forget yeah, the exact quote. And Coco was that, just yeah. like, you can't say that, man. He's like, he just looks at him and laughs and walks away. And I was just like, yep, that's funny. Yeah, there's that, yeah. Uh, we've got Brian Schneider, Denard Span. I would love <laughs> the Denard Span one. Caught me off guard. He's the Brian Schneider one was uh, yeah. Th- those are for the old school Nats fans, or and then for your Nats fans that also root for the Mets. You know, you got the the ties there because <laughs> I think Schneider went to the Mets, right? Uh, I don't remember if he was in the Mets at some point in time. He might, it might have been. But um, Brian Michael Morris and Gio Gonzalez are also in this list too. Um, I'm Denard Span. You can get, you sign me up for Denard Span. Michael Morse has done some stuff for Masson over the years, and I mean he's hit or miss. I was never really excited yeah. to list. Like I liked him as a player, but like he never really blew me away. But like again, same with Maxwell. All these guys are new to it, and they got they need time to find their voice, find their style, and grow at the position. And I think whoever takes a job, unless they're already done it before, you need to can't expect them to run out of the gate and just be amazing. You gotta give them a year or two. But with that said, uh, Morse didn't really impress me. Um, the Narch band would be really interesting, man, because 
lot God, of insight, was he man. Fun. A yeah. lot of insight. He played he for multiple dude. teams and multiple contenders, the Giants, the, tw- the Twins were really a contender. But, you know, you got that AL baseball mindset. You got the NL baseball mindset. And that lead that leadoff mentality, like Denard's fan was fun to watch for the two, three I years. Loved, I was, my dad was a huge Denard's fan guy. I love Denard's fan. Um, and here's the big thing, Max, is that whoever it is, is in really good hands with Bob. They're in really good hands with Bob. Bob is going to take care of – Bob's been doing this and not just baseball. Bob's been calling sports for a long time. And th- that is to his credit. I'm not saying he's getting yeah, too old. Because he, he was on the Cardinals broadcast before he came to the Nets. Well, and I remember he used to do some – he did some basketball. I think he did a little bit of um, – and he, just, he did some AC's tournament stuff. Like he's done some other stuff for Masson too, I think. Uh, Stepped so, um, up I'm looking it up. He's 68, which I didn't yeah. know. Um, so it makes sense that I really do think after the next two years, he's going to be done and they're going to find his replacement because he'll probably want to retire. But from 78 to 84, he called soccer games for Tulsa mm-hmm. of the North American Soccer League. And so he did that Tulsa type of soccer. Next. He um, spent 16 he seasons as a baseball announcer for ESPN. We did the Cardinals broadcast. So, yeah, he's been around forever. I didn't realize how long he's been in the industry. He did Oklahoma men's and women's basketball for 16 years. I mean, how – I mean, that's 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 pretty impressive as well. Mm-hmm. And also, he's from St. Louis, Missouri. So, shout out to uh, to where I went to college. Uh, not in St. Louis, but in Missouri. All right. So, Max, that is um, – you know, if you had to pick a guy now, who is your front runner? And then – so, who's your front runner? And if you could pick one guy, who would it be? Like your like – your- <sighs> I think the front runner is going to be Justin Maxwell. If not Maxwell, it's going to be Dan Coco. I think it's going to be one of those two dudes. Um, if I had to pick, oof. if I had to pick, it's a guy that's still playing and won't be able to retire for two to three years. If I had to pick, it'd be Max Scherzer because I've listened to him do the. He did the playoffs a few years ago, right when the Tigers got knocked out. He did the playoffs for the with Pedro in depth, and he was amazing. And I think he would be excellent at the job, but he won't happen because of the schedule matching up. So if I had to choose a guy now that schedule matches up, oh, man, I'd probably go with someone that just has some insight that you wouldn't expect. So maybe more of a GL, maybe more of a Codero type guy. Mm, like that. If I, Yeah, I think it's going to be Justin Maxwell as well. Um, if I had to pick, I'd go Denard Span. That'd be, or or I, Gio Gonzalez. Or those yeah. two guys. Would be my, those, those two guys would be mine too. Um all right, Max, what are you working on right now? And are you as hesitant as I am to get into some of this stuff because CBA is a big question mark? I mean, CBA is a huge question mark. I still got to push those uh, free agency pieces, right, just in case. Yeah. Like, because the freeze is until December 1, so we have, like, two weeks of free agency plans. So you never know. Maybe these teams realize they have two weeks before baseball is ever brought back ever again, and they just want to push it. Um, we are still the bar the Tucker Barnhart trade. Um, so I got some free agency pieces working on a, should the Nats sign Nick Cassiano's piece? Um, great hitter, but do you, you really want to see a rebuilding team, uh, take a guy with a qualifying offer. So that Brian, some stuff like that because he will hundred percent decline that qualifying offer. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Max Raymond. Always appreciate your time, man. Thanks, man.